one of the things I say, especially with social graphics, is like don't vomit on the screen. Like you don't have to get someone to take action right there. You just have to get them to stop scrolling. So like same thing. You know, if it's a reel, it needs a headline. If it's a carousel, it needs a really good headline to get me to either read the caption or scroll through the carousel. And so like don't throw every single thing on that first graphic. Just put enough on the first graphic to catch my attention and appeal to me so that I will then scroll through the rest of the carousel and look at all the five tips. Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Leads, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Today on the podcast, we have Lauren, and she is a designer for non-designers, which I love. We are talking the strategies behind designing for your podcast cover art, as well as those show-stopping and eye-catching social media graphics that are going to stop the scroll and get people engaged with your podcast content. This is a good one. All right, without further ado, join me in welcoming Lauren to the show. Hello, Lauren. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. If you could start by telling everyone who you are and what you do. Hey, thanks so much for having me. My name is Lauren Felter. I am the owner of Felter Unfiltered, and I am the designer that non-designers love. So I do web design, branding, as well as design education for non-designers. I love that. And that's such a needed thing. I'm finding more and more that as business owners, it's so easy to be like, I can be an expert in everything. And then you're like, wait a minute. No, I'm not. Yeah. And, you know, we don't all need to be an expert in everything. Like there are some things that you figure out how to DIY. And then there are some things that you just hire a person who's really good at to do that thing. Yes, 100% agree. If you could tell everyone about your podcasting journey, so you no longer have your podcast, but what was that kind of process like in starting it and when you decided that you were going to stop it? So I started a podcast in 2021, like probably everyone else. I... (laughs) started listening to podcasts right before the pandemic and then found myself with, I don't know, like 10 hours of free time a day on my hands. I'm like, what am I going to do with all this time? And, you know, started listening to podcasts. And I was also kind of on a self-development journey at the same time. And I got really fixated on the word should and how that defined a lot of my journey and that I made a lot of decisions based off of what I felt I should do or what's the right thing, what I should do. And so I created a podcast. It was called Overcoming Should. And every episode I interviewed someone who told a story about essentially a should that they overcame. And then I also interviewed a therapist on every episode to talk a little bit about like, why do we feel pressure to do this thing? Or what what can someone do if they, you know, find themselves in this scenario? And so I really didn't have a goal starting out. It was just kind of like I felt called to do this thing and I 
was like, yeah, like I I feel passionate about this. And then it turned out that it was taking about 10 hours a week of my time. And I was also trying to grow my business at the same time. And it's like, you know, a 10 hour a week hobby is, is a lot when it's not like producing results and was not at all tied to the revenue success of my business. And so I did decide to step away. It was like, I'm an Enneagram three, which if you're not an Enneagram person means that I need other people to see me as successful. So like by starting a podcast and then six months later quitting it, like it felt so much like a failure. But I look back now and I'm really thankful like that I did it. It was like, you know, this thing that I put out in the world and yeah, I learned a ton. And I mean, the biggest lesson is like, don't do, don't have two guests on every episode. Like, I'm sure we could all agree that that's like a logistical nightmare. (laughs) Yes. I could not even imagine like that whole dynamic of having to schedule two different people to talk about the same thing, but from different perspectives and things like that. So I'm sure that that was wild trying to coordinate those schedules. And I'm an Enneagram one. And so I'm the kind of person where it's like, there's my way to do things and then all the wrong ways to do things, which is how everyone else does them. (laughs) So I love that you were using your Enneagram was like, okay, I know this is how I'm going to feel. I know this is how it's going to be. And that's okay. And kind of working through that and processing that. And so I love that you did that for yourself because it's not a failure, right? You learned, and I'm sure that not just in yourself and in your learning process of exploring this idea of should, right? So exploring the self-development side of it, but even beyond that, like you learned so much about podcasting that if you do decide to start a new one, which you're looking at potentially doing a hobby one, then you already know what it's going to take to get that started. You already have the resources and the thoughts planned out for that. So have you found that that's true for as this new one's in the ideation phase? Yes. And it's also helping me to like really understand why is it that I want to do this? Like, what is my goal? What is my short-term goal, long-term goal? What's the time commitment going to look like? And I've also decided that I'm going to approach it on a seasonal basis because to me, like, it still feels like a failure to say, like, I'm launching a podcast and it's like this every week I have to put one out from now until the end of time. So I just to like ease myself into it and like feel okay with it. It's like, I'm going to release like one season of 10 to 12 episodes. So I could be like, okay, check. Like I did that. And then I can decide like, do I want to do another season? And I think, yeah, it'll just help me kind of like have a better mentality around it. Yes. Oh, that's so, so true. And I love that perspective. For sure. I think so many people go into podcasting. And like you said, so many people started podcasts in 2020, 2021. They were like, yes, podcasting is the thing. And so many stopped because they didn't realize how much effort and time it takes. And when you approach a podcast as a hobby, it is so, so, so important to make sure that you are basing it off of what your capacity is. And not just right now, like just knowing that, hey, life happens. <laughs> And you might need to shift this and being willing to express that with your audience, I think is so important. So I love that you're doing that. Now, your business is graphics and design work for the non-designers. So let's talk podcast graphics. This is such an important part of launching a podcast and having a podcast that I think people don't realize. And I actually believe that it's probably just as important as the audio side. So that's where 
I work. That's my specialty. My team is like awesome at that stuff. But I think that graphic side is so, so, so important because it can catch the person's eye. Like, I don't even know how many times I've decided to buy a book because of the cover. <laughs> I have way too many books. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So something that I talk to my clients about and my students about is that good design does more than just look good. Good design attracts the right person, it converts them, and then it actually closes the deal. And so the way that we do that is by intentionally choosing the fonts, the colors, the imagery that we're using, because before someone reads the name of your podcast, they're picking up on visual cues about your brand and what you stand for based on the fonts and the colors. And so we want to make sure that are those communicating the right things to the right people? Yeah, that's so important. And that's such a great start to that of the communication side, because the design does communicate and it will attract the right people. I mean, it's just as important as what you name your podcast, right? If you're going to name it something that is recognized very easily and very quickly by your potential listeners, then the design should do the same, especially if someone is scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, you want them to stop. What are some of those mistakes that people tend to make when they're designing their podcast graphics? So as you mentioned, scrolling, one of the things that I always talk about related to podcasts is the cover art image, because when we're designing it, it is 20 times larger than it will actually be seen. We're designing it on our second monitor and it's all you know stretched out and it's really big. But the reality is that when people see your podcast cover art, it is the size of like literally my thumbnail. Like it is really, really, really small on the phone. And so people like the title is too small or the title is not legible or the cover art is like cluttered with acronyms and taglines and like all these other things. And it's just way too much. So when you're looking at your cover art, maybe it might need a little bit of a refresh and like, that's okay. We want to make sure that the title is at least takes up a half, a third of the real estate of the overall art that when you're thumbnail is really, really small. Can I still read it? Is the font legible? Is there enough color contrast? Don't put an image of yourself and then text on top of it if the text can't fully be read. And like, just get rid of all the other clutter. Don't need an acronym of the name of the podcast. I don't need a tagline. I don't even need an icon of like a little microphone or headphones. Like if I'm on my Apple podcast app. Like I know that it's a podcast. I'm nodding and like on the verge of giggles over here because that is literally what I tell my clients. Don't put the word podcast on there. Everybody knows it's a podcast. Like, even if you use the phrase podcast when you're talking about it, who cares? No, you don't need that word on there. Please do not put an icon of a podcast on there. They know it's a podcast. And the taglines, I tell you, the never-ending taglines, they're too small. You're so right when you said it's the size of a thumbnail. It really is. When someone is searching and you want to grab their attention, you need something big and bold and in your face that is going to very clearly state what the show title is. Instead of coming every Tuesday, nobody cares. Nope, that doesn't need to be there, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it drives me insane. So I love that you said that because it's it's so, so, so important. 
Are there any other mistakes that you see that people make when it comes to specifically their cover art? And then we'll move into the promotional graphics and things like that. Yeah, that's pretty much my biggest pet peeves with the cover art. But I've got a few more for promotional graphics if you want to head that way. Yes, let's do it. Go ahead. So what's really popular is like a an audiogram or like a clip of the interview and putting that as a reel or as a TikTok or, you know, whatever. But you got to give me a why. Don't put a headline on this video that says new episode. Don't put a headline that says the name of your podcast or episode 27 or whatever. Put a headline that says design is holding you back from closing the deal. And then I'm much more likely to watch that 40-second video of the person that I've never seen before talking. You have to make it about them and give someone a reason to actually watch that clip or watch the audiogram. Oh, that's so good. And such an important thing, especially when it comes to a social media post that's maybe going to last anywhere from 10 minutes to maybe a week on like LinkedIn, right? So like, These are not lasting very long and we're spending so much time and effort, especially those of us who are solo business owners, who are DIYing our graphics, DIYing those audiograms. Make sure that the effort that you're putting in is actually going to get results, right? Like that's so important. So I love that tip. What else? So on that same, the audiogram or the clip, don't clutter it with so much stuff. Like you can put some stuff in the caption. There's a lot to communicate. If a random person scrolls through their feed, they find this clip, they find the interview interesting, they're going to go to the caption and they're going to look, what's the name of this podcast? What episode number is it? No offense, they don't care who the host is. Like they don't want to know the name of your business, but they're going to look at in the caption for that information. Like don't clutter the graphic with new episode, new episodes every week, episode 27, the name of the podcast, a headline, and you've got the captions. Like it's just, and of course, there's probably going to be a microphone icon somewhere on there. Like it's just (laughs) way too much for someone to like see and be able to digest. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love that you're adding the, there's probably a microphone icon in there. Anyone who feels personally attacked, said Lauren and Eva, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Now, I will say, not video, but let's say that you're posting like a static graphic, like a, a, a true picture, not a video, then it might be appropriate to put a little icon of like a microphone or headphones or something like that, because then it's not as clear that this is about a podcast or this is a podcast episode. But like if I'm watching a video of someone and they are talking and they have headphones on and they're talking into a microphone, that is so clearly a podcast episode that is being promoted. Yeah. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on like, say I'm posting on Instagram and I feel like this is an even better way, even beyond like, don't put a microphone on there, don't put headphones on there. If you're doing, say, a carousel where it's like top five ways to design eye-catching podcast graphics, and then I list out all the ones that Lauren has spoken about or speaks about during this episode, and I say at the last carousel, I say tune in to this week's episode of blah, 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 blah to hear more tips, tricks, and strategies on designing eye-catching podcast graphics. I feel like that would be a good idea too. What are your thoughts? Please like tear it up if you need to. (laughs) 
One of the things I say, especially with social graphics, is like don't vomit on the screen. Like you don't have to get someone to take action right there. You just have to get them to stop scrolling. So like same thing. You know, if it's a reel, it needs a headline. If it's a carousel, it needs a really good headline to get me to either read the caption or scroll through the carousel. And so like don't throw every single thing on that first graphic. Just put enough on the first graphic to catch my attention and appeal to me so that I will then scroll through the rest of the carousel and look at all the five tips. Yes. Oh, I love that. So important. What are some other design mistakes that you're finding that people are making when it comes to promoting their podcast, talking about their podcast? Do you recommend that people make sure that they put their guest graphic on there? How do you feel about that? Because I know that's something that people have been going back and forth on quite a bit. So when you say guest graphic, you mean like providing graphic assets for the guest to use to share? Either. I mean, I really feel it's based on, you know, your capacity. Like, Every podcast that I'm on, I share to my email list and I post on my website. I have a page where I post all of my podcast appearances. And the only assets for the podcast that I use is their cover art. I don't use any of the other assets because it's just like not necessary. And so I think that a lot of effort gets spent on things that probably aren't really even used. And like, think about, you know, maybe somebody wants to post it on their Instagram feed. Maybe they want to post it on LinkedIn. Maybe they want to post it on their story. Those are all different dimensions. Like if you're making this graphic in like a ton of different dimensions, like it's just not necessary. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say if you have the capacity, that's great. But like, if you are busting your ass to, you know, try to make these graphics, like I really don't think that's going to be the thing that like makes or breaks it for you. I couldn't agree more. So let's dive into that a little bit more. What graphics do you recommend that they make that's like, you need this bare minimum to really get people interested in your podcast to take that step from seeing the graphic to then listening to your show? We talked about the reels a little bit as well as like some static ideas, but are there any others that you're like, this is what you need? No, I mean, I really think it's whatever the most popular post type is on the platform where your people are. You know, like I never would have thought six months ago that I would be saying that reels are not the most important part of Instagram because literally six months ago, I was posting a reel every day. And every time I would post a reel, I would get 30 to 50 more followers. And it was like, all I got to do is just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And now it's like I post a reel and I think it gets like, 36 views. And I'm like, yo, what happened here? So yeah, like just with social media, like you have to be super nimble because things change so much. So I think like whatever the most important thing is on the app that you're using right now, wherever the people are, that's the thing that you need to be doing. Oh my goodness. That is such great advice because then it gives us a lot more room to not have to be tied, right? To, oh, I have to create this graphic every single time. Like it allows us to be more flexible and we don't have to create graphics for every single platform. And I don't recommend that people be on every single platform, like as business owners or as podcasters, like where is your audience hanging out? Where do you want to connect with them? Where do you like connecting with them? That's where you want to be. And that's where you should be focusing rather than spreading yourself so thin that you're feeling overwhelmed. 
And then your podcast doesn't become something that you enjoy doing anymore. It just ends up being another thing that's like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And then you're not going to want to do it eventually. Yeah, I absolutely agree. What other tips, tricks, strategies do you have for us that's like you were seeing maybe spill some tea on like, hey, I saw this thing the other day. That's a big no, no. <laughs> like I love those like real behind the scenes things from the people who are seeing it in real time. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something that I talk about. Canva is a super powerful tool and it is like it has made design so accessible for people. Like before Canva, there was like the Adobe Creative Suite, which I taught to students at a university. Like it is way more all-encompassing than like your average person who just needs to put together an Instagram graphic needs. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there was like Microsoft Word, which if you've ever tried to put a picture in Microsoft Word, like you're probably ready to throw your computer out the window. So like Canva has made it so wonderful for like average person to just be able to like create a flyer, create a graphic, all of that. But with that said, I find that that has people kind of falling into like a few different habits. One is the every time I need a new thing, I'm going to Canva and I'm finding a new template and all I'm going to do is just change the colors. And so all of my stuff looks like all over the place. Like some of it's center aligned, some of it's left aligned, like different fonts. We've got circles, we've got squares, like all of that is communicating different things to your people. And it's making you look really hodgepodge and unprofessional. And then there's like the habit of, I'm just going to pick the trendiest, most popular thing on Canva. And my stuff is going to look like everybody else's stuff, which is not going to appeal to my ideal person because I'm going to look like a teeny bopper because I'm using the teeny bopper trendy templates. Oh, yes. I can definitely see what you mean by that. What do you recommend people do if they're like, well, that's me. Darn it. What do I do? <laughs> so all my students and all of my done for you clients that I work for, the first thing that I make them do is I say, if your ideal person were to describe your brand what five words would you want them to use? So we figure out what are those five words? Are those five words, is it serious or is it casual? Is it professional or is it friendly? Is it fast paced or is it laid back? You know, what are those five words? And then from there, we choose two to three fonts that also align with those five words. We choose six to eight colors that also align with those five words. We choose shapes and other design elements that also align with those five words. And then we use that as our foundation to design all of our assets so that every time we have to create a new graphic or a new this or a new that, we're not like starting from scratch of like, oh, do I use like the template with the angles in it? Or should I choose the one where my pictures are cropped to a circle. Like we already know the answers to all of those questions and we can just easily crank stuff out. And I love that you said what you want people to describe your brand as, that it's not what it's been or how people tend to describe it. Like, and I think that's so forward thinking in the direction that you want your business to look, the direction that you want your company to be like when you put it in that perspective, it really allows you to keep that in mind going forward rather than being like, well, this is what we've always been. Like it's a more about looking forward and seeing the direction that you're headed. And I just, I absolutely love that way of thinking. That's awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah. And it aligns with who you are, who you want to attract. Thinking about like you go to a website and it's like all black and white and like everything's like squares and rectangles, or you go to a website and it's pink and purple and everything's squiggly lines and circles. Like I think we can picture in our head who that person is, what they stand for, you know, like there are thousands of designers in the world, but like people want to work with me because literally I ask them and they're like, I like your vibe, I like your personality. Like I, I know you know your stuff and like you got me, like we work together. That's how people are choosing to work with you. It's off of like your brand, your vibe, like what you're putting out there. Yes. Oh, so important. Thank you so much, Lauren, for being on the show today. This has been so, so incredible. If you could tell everyone where they can find you, hang out with you, get to know you. Yeah. So I'm very active on Instagram. You can find me. I'm filter unfiltered. I share lots of quick tips and things like that. If you are still in the DIY phase of your business, my signature course is Create with Confidence. It is the ultimate design course for non-designers. And if you are in the phase of your business where you're looking for someone to just do it for you and you feel like design is holding you back from meeting your goals, I would love to talk to you about my brand refresh or custom websites. But just know I typically operate on a wait list and book up several months in advance. So if you're interested in a project for the fall, let's talk as soon as possible. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lauren. This has been so good. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.galati. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy.